Preview Podcasts. Welcome to the Preview Podcast. At Preview, you will find first-class photographers and stylists, as well as the latest editorials and insights from the photo industry. In our podcast, we talk to Photography World insiders to take a look behind the scenes. Our guest today is Elisaveta Porodina, a Russian artist and photographer based in Munich. She's worked for Vogue, Dior, Carolina Herrera, Vanity Fair and others, just opened an exhibition in Stockholm at Fotografiska and is now publishing her very first book. Hi, Elisaveta. Hello. <laughs> nice to have you here. Um, you're talking to us today from Munich, where you live, but recently you just opened an exhibition in Stockholm. How did that yes. go? Um, well, <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, the exhibition went um, fantastically well. It was way more response and also buzz than I have expected. They were um, three days of really, really like loads of um, interviews, guided tours, um, opening lunches, brunches and dinners. And um, above all that, um, the exhibition itself, which which showed 150 pieces of my work from the last three years, it was just so fantastically curated. I, I, I felt really honored and overwhelmed looking at the huge, humongous two-meter printouts of my work. Um, as I work digitally, I almost, sometimes I never get to see the things printed. So when I stood in front of them curated like that, it was really, in the best uh, sense, overwhelming. Yeah, it must be very different than doing advertising or editorials for magazines. It's a yeah, a very um, different medium in a way. Sure. <laughs> but um, I mean, we can get into um, the sort of separation of work later, but, um, but just to premeditate it generally I don't make a big separation in my work um in terms of whether I'm shooting advertisement or editorial or personal project I'm equally dedicated to all of these things generally yeah it would have been actually one of my later questions <laughs> to ask about that if you see it separately or not and um if there is one realm where you feel the most at home or if you see yourself more as a fine art photographer a fashion photographer or you don't distinguish well, I think we can cover the question now. Now you've already said it. And and so I would say that um, I'm an artist. That's how I would say it. And that said, I think that the term of an artist uh, in my head is a very democratic one. I think that everyone who decides to be creative, to pick up a pencil, a crayon, <laughs> any sort of media medium is an artist. Um, and I am one. I... Um, I love creating. I need creating. I survive from creating. Um, and in terms of separation, you know, I, I really don't. I go into a job uh, where I get paid money for my time, um, just as motivated, just as fervent, just as ambitious as when I go into a project that I invest money into. And I think that every sort of work always has limitations. Like there, there is no need to have this illusion about, you know, personal project being a, a limitless paradise. There is always a limitation there as well. And um, I think the task of an artist is to deal with the limitations and solve creative problems, <laughs> make them into something pretty. It actually really struck me when I looked at your Instagram and your portfolio and I scrolled through the images I couldn't, I couldn't make out, is this an image that was for a magazine or advertising? It was really, it felt like one homogeneous series in a way, almost, you know? Mm. 
Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, you have a lot going on, not just this exhibition, but uh, this spring, your first book is coming out, Unmasked uh, is the title. How excited yes. are you about that? <laughs> On a scale from one to ten, it's a subtle 12. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I have been waiting for a very long time to publish a book never seemed right. It always um, had this character of, uh, you know, retrospective, which m always kind of makes you feel like you're dead. <laughs> and so, so I didn't want that. And um, when the exhibition came and I've been approached by uh, the publishing house, Hattie Kanz and Nadine Bard, who published the book um, about this, uh, this project, I felt like It is the right moment because the exhibition is happening, which is sort of a look back at the last three years, which have been really decisive in my career and really, you know, really showed me how important it is to be unapologetic and be radical and be <sighs> believe in yourself <laughs> for what that sentence is worth. And, um, and I just wanted to um, capture this feeling into something that is less fleeting than a social media account mm, yeah because uh, some people might think oh why why are people still making books in the time of tiktok and uh, all these proclamations of print is dead you know yeah i mean pr print is obviously print is not dead obviously um i think what is maybe dead are some things that weren't necessary in the first place anyway um or maybe have evolved into something completely different. Um, and I think that other things like books, for example, or, um, you know, like special magazines, they are luxury. Luxury has never been needed by anyone. Luxury has been wanted by people. It's uh, products of luxury, products of um, enjoyment. Um, And I'm I obviously I'm not speaking about books in general. I'm speaking about photo books. Um, this, is, this is it's just enjoyment. It's it's beauty, and um, it's something that people will always want. You will always want to hold something in your hands and smell <laughs> and touch and feel the you know the um, the weird texture of the of the paper and and look at the colors the way how they shine back from you from from the paper and um i've never was worried about that and i think that it just gives you a completely different way of um experiencing experiencing your favorite artist's work that's how i feel and if i feel that way i'm sure other people do as well a lot of photographers though it's almost a bit of a movement i feel they self-publish did you ever consider this to do it independently um, not seriously, uh, uh, just because I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who is very, I feel very challenged by being focused on multiple projects in different disciplines. I feel publishing is a different discipline to, um, photography or being this like visual artist that I already am, which is already an expertise in many different uh, areas, to be honest. Um, uh, being a photographer, being an artist uh, nowadays who also works on commission doesn't only mean being an expert in, you know, taking pictures. <laughs> It's also being an expertise in uh, being an expert in retouching, in marketing yourself, in managing yourself to a certain point, in um, you have to be uh, an expert about the market that you you pick, and um, also communicating. Communi communi you have to be communicative. You have to be 
really, really good at many, many, many levels. So when it comes to publishing, it just always felt like it's one skill too much to um, to learn. Um, and I do enjoy the collaborative aspect of it. And I do enjoy having um, a certain reach uh, that comes together with um, doing it with a publishing house. Mm. And what was the working process like? Did you work together? Did you submit your photographs and then they took oh, over? Not at all. Of course, no. Uh, au contraire. It was me and um, uh, the 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 curator of um, of this project, Nadine uh, Nadine Bart, and then uh, the 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 designer that I was working with, uh, uh, Julia Wagner. We all worked very closely together, and it was an incredibly collaborative process. Mm. As in, we were making every decision together in the best way possible. It felt very intimate. It felt like they were helping me curate my diary, honestly. <laughs> it was, I, I couldn't stand behind the project more, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Um, but was it, still, was it difficult to choose which photographs to include? Because your, your archive must be quite massive. It is. And uh, at a certain point, you're, you're right, it was. Um, I would say that it was kind of easy to come down to a number of like 300 or 260 or something like that. And from that point on, it just felt like slowly killing my darlings. Um, and um, there was a point where me and Julia were looking at it and we were... We were like, wow, this is impossible. We really need to up the pages of the book, which is which is impossible right now because of also paper shortage due to our favorite topic, Corona. Um, uh, then we we managed, and I feel like it made the edit much sharper than it was before, and therefore I cannot stress. Um, the necessity of editing yourself enough because if you want to say a certain thing loud and clear it does mean that you have to choose fewer words and they have to really sit you know mm. and did you have a certain criteria or did you more like follow your gut or how, how do you make choices like this I mean, both of these things and um, added my experience with my images of how they did um, when they were published. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan, fan of publishing my images and, and um, showing them to an audience. And it's not that it's my only criteria, but I do feel that there is a certain beauty in the way how the images communicate with an audience online. Mm. There is, you sometimes see a special response. And I don't necessarily mean the amount of, um, I don't know, comments, likes, etc. but just sometimes if it provokes more thought than other images, for example. And I have been, I have been um, a fan of publishing my images online from day one of me being an artist, you know, like since I, I remember when I moved to Germany, I immediately started painting and drawing to kind of, you know, cover up the desperation of not knowing the language and <laughs> um, not being liked by my, um, uh, you know, co co-students uh, so I started drawing and I immediately started publishing my images and posted my images on a, on a self-created website and my first comment was no offense but why are you posting something so ugly <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did I, you feel you know, well not great obviously you know <laughs> but but it kind of it did teach me a lot publishing my stuff It is a great way of communicating yourself. It is a great way of really seeing whether your work um, lives 
or whether it has, you know, something to say in a way. And again, it's not about Instagram. It's not about social media. It's just about, it could also be exhibition. Like it, like when I, when I did my exhibition, seeing response to your work and the way how people start moving differently and the way how you curated your work and how they, where they stand still in front of which piece of art they stand still and how they respond to it with their gaze and how their eyes move from back and forth. I find it a very interesting piece of information, let's say that, uh, because I have always been, and I mean, every artist is different here, right? Uh, but I have always been about finding a way of communicating with other people out there because no other way has been efficient for me, you know, like including words, <laughs> I'm good at speaking, but I'm not necessarily the best at picking up verbal or nonverbal signals. So to me, art has always been my way of trying to say my truth. But And then would you say that these responses or reactions that you notice, do they influence what you do or how you work in the future? Does it influence you? Well, not in this easy way how you could imagine it like it's not like oh this picture has a lot of response I will just take another picture like that <laughs> it's um as I said it's like um the criteria that you mentioned before added this other criteria plus just reacting to how I'm to how I feel during the shoot I think all of that adds up And you sometimes you could get information from from the response like, oh, people really dislike this direction. And you could just keep going in that direction because you feel like, wow, they still don't get it. So I'm just going to do more of that, <laughs> which which I do often enough, to be honest. Like I, I like keeping people on their toes and myself foremost. <laughs> I spotted a photo that you took that's also going to be in the book of uh, Chloé Sevigny. And there was a caption explaining that, that it was shot during the lockdown via Zoom in New York in 2020. Yes. And that really intrigued me. What? How did you do this? How did this work? Well, um, maybe uh, maybe you've spotted this Zoom um, signature on other photos as well. Um, there has been a number of projects that I've conducted via Zoom during the first lockdown of 2020. And I would say that the project with Chloe was um, one of the first ones. And then I think that maybe over the course of the year, I've conducted like 50 projects over Zoom, shooting um, shooting to like various countries. And the projects ranged from shooting um, in a very intimate condition where it was just me and my husband on this side and then another person on their phone on the other side in Johannesburg <laughs> or it could have been stuff like um, me and my husband here and then 200 people on the other side because we were shooting the cover of Vogue China and um, it was like a massive massive production everyone wearing their masks and shields on the other side there obviously but yeah it, it was a it was a thing um, it was a technology that we have developed during lockdown because we obviously have been sent home when everything was shut, shut down but I was so full of energy and so full of interest to keep going and discovering and making art which is the most important thing for um me in my life so i just i just some sort of solution and um we sat down and we called some of our friends who are our muses and uh photography and we started trying out different te 
techniques, like many other people at that time. There were a lot of um, Zoom projects and we just stayed um, very persistent, <laughs> very ambitious, because I really wanted um, this not just be this like sad compromise, but I really wanted it to be my new tentacle of work and um, wanted it to be even better than my other stuff, if that could be possible. And I might sound very stupid right now, but can you explain for someone who's not into these details of Zoom photography, who presses the shutter? I understand your interest, but I obviously <laughs> prefer to keep the details to myself because okay. I feel like it's um, it's a unique technology. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's uh, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, it's very it's very intriguing. Thank you. And in the exhibition, they really um, they really uh, have this amazing. Um, shining quality to them because they've been printed really big and I didn't know if they could if they could survive that but actually they shine even more it's 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 really charming I really like it maybe let's go back in time a little bit um, how did you discover photography as your medium of choice why did you go for photography um yeah um I have always been doing or making art in some sorts. I've already told you my uh, sad story about starting to paint and um, drawing. So I started doing that when I was seven and then it kind of intensified when I was 13 and my family moved to Germany and I was coping with the consequences of that. And um, I, I kept doing it until um, I was 21, 22 or something like that. Um, and I was I was studying uh, clinical psychology and I still kept it as a some sort of hobby. But there was this passion and ambition lingering in me that I would still be an artist. But I did know that it wouldn't be painting because I felt very isolated and I felt very... Um, um, to me, the painting wasn't this absolutely fulfilling thing when when I became this twin person it was it was it felt more like isolation and hiding and um, I strive to find something that would challenge me more as a person um, so I picked up photography by really by coincidence I think some ex-boyfriend was interested in photography and was photographing ducks and animals at the zoo <laughs> and I was like well maybe that's something and um, you know I picked up the camera and started photographing my friends at night during parties or just uh, randomly in any sort of situations and um, apparently the photos were um, good enough to attract the attention of some young designers um, who also were interested in shooting their lookbooks and campaigns uh, with me um, which meant absolutely nothing to me back then because I didn't know the terminology and I didn't understand anything about fashion um, and so I just stupidly agreed to all of these things not knowing how much challenge it is and um, and the challenge you know it didn't nothing to me I wasn't overwhelmed I wasn't unhappy I wasn't um, mm, terrified when I learned that Uh, I have like two locations and available lights and artificial lights and five models. I actually was absolutely excited about these things. I was so happy. I felt almost like I was high. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to drink. I was just rushed by this like incredible amount of adrenaline. And uh, I think I felt like this for the first time in my whole life. And uh, I just decided that I need to keep doing it because before that I was a deeply unhappy person 
pool was just like running on like 20% of my usual capacity. Yeah, you just found your thing. <laughs> I think I think that that's the easy and short way of saying what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> you were self-taught as a photographer? You you mm -hmm. didn't go study it. You learned everything yourself. Yeah, I studied clinical psychology and I worked in a psychiatry um for like one and a half or two years while I was still um, learning um, some photographic skills. I did, I did learn um, all of the things that I know now myself, but obviously not without help of mentors along the way. Or then also my husband, who is also my lighting um, technician and light director. <laughs> yeah, and it, it can be a difficult industry to access. How did you do it? Do you have any advice for, for photographers starting out? I also found it very difficult to access. And I feel like, um, you know, I had this run in with a young photographer when I was um, like roughly 10 years ago. And everything that he said about this um, struck, um, struck me and kind of stayed with me for a long time because it is so true. He said um, the world of fashion photography um, is basically one table and there are 12 or like 13 chairs around this table and whoever sits at this table gets uh, the good bits and everyone else kind of scratches from below. Uh, which back then I found really dramatic uh, and uh, unnecessary. <laughs> also very demo de demotivating at that time because I, I barely knew anything. And so the more you move on and the more you learn and these like unspoken and unwritten rules because they aren't no one speaks about them and no one writes them down. The, uh, you, you become very, um, you know, a lot of, you become a lot of things. <laughs> um, you can be sad one day and then very motivated the other day and then completely desperate the next day. It's not, it's not an easy industry to navigate because you meet a lot of beautiful, creative, interesting, unique people, but you also meet a lot of, people with a genuine narcissistic personality <laughs> and you meet uh, a lot of uh, political games um, that you never want to be part of and also where everything is out of your control and um, you become part of decisions that you never it's just um, it's 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 pretty much everything you know it's a slice of life <laughs> in itself and um, you have to really really want it I think I think it's very important to understand as early as possible what you actually want and also on a scale from one to ten how much you want it and I would never never advise anyone who doesn't want it like 12 out of 10 to do it because um Otherwise, you're you're not going to be in for a fun ride. It's only going to be a fun ride if you cannot do otherwise but do it. Because for the love of photography, for the love of art, your motivation has to be purely a passionate one. Mm. Yeah, otherwise you would probably easily have given up with so well, many roadblocks. It's Yeah, well, maybe that or maybe you just... It's just not going to be a lot of fun because you will... Secretly, you will think to yourself, well this is some bullshit why why have I signed up to it and then every time you you answer yourself this question it has to be because I love it because I cannot do otherwise because no matter how badly people um, treat you or no matter how much people sometimes underestimate you or no matter how much you invest and how little comes out of every step of that way 
you still can answer the question to yourself every night you go to sleep, well, I would be doing it anyway, you know? So that has to be the premise in my head. But maybe I'm just being very dramatic, you know? It's <laughs> it's just my, my life set. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so because you're living in Munich and it's not really one of the super big uh, fashion capitals in the world, nope. did, did, you nope, feel, nope. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel it was a disadvantage? Uh, well... I, it's a layered question with with a layered answer. You don't necessarily have to live in any of the fashion capitals. Um, it is practical because all of the productions happen there. Um, you just have to visit and you have to have relationships there um, because this is how it works. You have to have your network. You have to have your, you know, your people that you like to work with, that you gel with, uh, where that make your art genuinely better, that that really support you and believe in you. It it can work when you don't live there. If you go often enough, um, it's fine. It's just, um, you know, if you if you don't go there and if you don't have any relationships there, don't hope for anyone to discover you because it won't happen. <laughs> and how did you build these relationships? Well. By really trying hard, <laughs> I mean it's it's really it's it's um, it's just like everything in life. You you go out there, you um, you you make a list of people that are interesting to you and that you find inspiring, and um, you present your work that you at that point should believe is credible and amazing and the best you can do. And then you hope for response. And if there, and as soon as there is an exchange, you keep this going. Because if you are, gen like my biggest advice to everyone is be genuinely interested. You don't fake it. Don't don't try to build meaningful relationships with people that are not inspiring to you that you don't genuinely like. There is no sense in it. You have to really want it, and then it will. You know, then you will create long-term meaningful um bonds with people that you respect mm. back to your photos maybe you already mentioned you used to paint and a lot of your images have a painting feel to them does a lot of work happen after the actual shoot do you use a lot of after effects a lot of people actually assume that first i shoot analog and then second they assume that i'm doing a lot of post-production And both of these assumptions are actually couldn't be more untrue. <laughs> I shoot digital, and um, I would say that a lot of people uh, who works with me can tell you that it just happens. Like this is this is how they come out um, from the computer. And I would say that maybe I do. I don't know. I clean up some threads um, if they hang out the, off the garment, or I add uh, little bits here and there. But it's not the type of post production that you would. Um, picture mm. um you know painting the whole thing afterwards <laughs> so you your pictures when you go to a shoot you're super well prepared and you you know exactly yes. which uh, uh, result you want well yeah no i would say um i'm very well prepared yes um preparation and pre-production are incredibly important and the more everyone is in the same flow and the more everyone responds and like beats the same drum you know then the more it will get to that point where everything is unisono and everything has this fantastic, um, wholesome effect that, that, that you noted, right? Uh, because in if it comes down to um, 
why the images look like this. I think it's it's the color composition, it's the light composition, it's choosing the right person for the right thing. It's combining the right clothes for the right lighting, with the right hair, with the right makeup, with the right attitude, and then being able to make the right decision about the colors. It's it's um it's a lot of rights <laughs> for you know one shot and um um that comes with first of all I would say some sort of expertise um and then also with the right team uh with the right flow if you are so lucky and um with a lot of dedication I sometimes sit hours um days uh, finding the right image and uh, treating it in the right way mm. you really have your your own style it's very distinguishable was that uh, a long way to get there to find your your very own thing it was um, it was a short way with a lot of distractions <laughs> along the way because I feel like the actual style, the style that I'm doing now, it's just my voice, really. It's um, I, I've never done anything different in my whole life. It's it's what I um, did since I was a little kid, you know, when I was started painting with <laughs> with crayons or whatever. Um, that's exactly what I was drawing, this sort of mix of something magical with something mysterious, with something scary, with something hysterical with something larger than life it's always what I've been interested in and when I started photography it was the same it was the same passion the same interest um you know studying the dark side a little bit but also being on the side of more is more and things like that and there was a certain moment in my life where um where equally I felt like um you know is that it like is that just it? <laughs> and also not necessarily being surrounded by the right collaborators anymore that could support the growth and the um, development of that uh, medium in the right way um, to make it something new, something modern and all of these things. So I kind of had this detour to other things um, for quite a long time, for many years, where I just tried out completely different things was only shooting in available light was shooting for magazines that um, I don't shoot now today. And um, um, working uh, with just just trying out different things and um, doing these things that I do now, which I present in the exhibition and present in the book, they feel like really coming home, if that makes sense just coming back to my uh, original voice, um, but even harder. <laughs> Do you have any idea what's what's next for you? Are there still things you, you dream of doing? Mm, yes. Uh, they, yes. Um, I, it's a, the name of the project I do want to keep uh, private because it's something that I'm still working on and I, I don't want to jinx it. But... Um, um, there is a certain topic that interests me um, from um, my, you know, from my former position as a clinical psychologist, and I kind of want to put multiple people in the same uh, situation and just explore how they respond emotionally to it and capture it um, uh, photographically. So I kind of want to combine my previous profession with my current profession even more. We'll be very curious to see the result. Sounds intriguing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
And that's already all. Thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you for having me.